0: Hello and welcome to the first interview of 2020. You are on the Highway to Health show. My guest for today is Alexis Hasselberger. She is a time management and productivity coach. She helps people with big jobs, big lives, or both to do more, stress less, and use their time in service of their goals and values. She and I recorded this episode a few weeks ago, and let me tell you that the reason I had not yet published it was because I felt it was going to be a Great episode to kick off the new year and the new decade with. You see, we all start new years full of goals and dreams. And last week I shared some of these strategies to achieve our goals. But what Alexis and I talk about in this episode has to do with setting up systems so that you're not depending on remembering to do X or Y and instead just let your systems remember the important things for you. I sure hope you get a lot from this interview. Here's my conversation with Alexis Hasselberger. And remember, You are on the Highway to Health, and I'm your guide to get you there.
1: Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Highway to Health Show. I am joined today by Alexis Hasselberger, and she and I are going to be talking a lot about productivity and getting things done, but I want to let her first introduce herself and share with us a little bit of uh, how did you get it started in productivity?
2: Yeah, so thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Um, My background is actually in running HR and business operations in startups, so very early stage companies where there was always way more to do than people to do it, and uh, over time I saw a lot of people burning out. I saw people working crazy hours, um, and I that wasn't cool with me. I never wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to do the best that I could do and be incredibly productive, but I wasn't going to do it by working crazy hours. And so over time, I just became very good at learning how to prioritize what things do we need to do that are important that must be done today so that we're leaving the nice to do's for tomorrow and, and, you know, that we don't really need to feel like, ah, it's seven o'clock and I have to stay here another two hours. Um, And so over time, I just became very good at helping other people to make those right choices as well and to figure out how to fit things in. I had some kids along the way and that also, you know, Increased my productivity because I had a shorter amount of time to deal with things. You know, when you have to leave at five p.m., you end up getting a lot more done. Um, so over time, I just started doing more and more of the productivity and time management stuff. And I realized at a certain point that not only was it the most fun for me, but it was also the most impactful thing that I was doing for other people. And so I started my business at that point.
0: Wow, that sounds interesting. Now the thing is, and and you mentioned. Working long hours and and for a long time, that was kind of like the mantra, especially around you know early startups in Silicon Valley and or you know the finance sector or law or anything like this. That they think that it, it's all about you know the hustle and, and spending all the time in there. But now, in the last few years, we've started realizing that that's very silly and and quite dumb. And uh, in, in all fairness, now how do you obviously from a health standpoint, that's obviously not good, but from a a, a getting things done kind of point of view, Mm -hmm. what do you think about all those people who are just like trying to fit everything in and trying to do everything and rarely accomplish a lot?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I call this like letting the day happen to you, where you show up, you start answering email, and then somehow it's now six o'clock at night. And all you've really done is respond to people or, you know, send send out a few little things here and there. Maybe you checked a couple of tiny things off. Uh, you know, you got a little dopamine hit from checking things off, but you didn't make the time to do any of the important things, right? And so I think that, um, you know, it's it is, especially in a world of technology that we have, it's very easy to feel as if we did stuff when we didn't really do anything, right? When we didn't do anything of import. And so I think it takes, sometimes it just takes like, Learning that, that there is that switch, that there are different qualities to the different types of work that we could be doing, that not everything on a list is the same value, right? And then actually making choices about what you're going to do. And I find that, you know, we have, you know, that we have more willpower in the morning. We have, you know, whatever that morning is for us. You know, I'm not a morning person, so I don't get up early. Like, I'm not saying get up at five o'clock or something, but whatever is the morning, the early part of the day for you, start with whatever is the hardest thing the most important thing, the thing that absolutely has to get done or tomorrow is not going to be good. Start with those things because then you can, you will get to the little stuff, but you may never get to the big stuff if you just start with the little stuff.
0: Exactly. There, there's always going to be little things to do. Yeah. There's always going to be that little, you know, that email, that phone call, that mm-hmm. those, those small details. Sometimes those are important, but yeah. most of the time they aren't because we're just there at somebody else's women and beck and call uh, right. instead of doing our own thing. So, Normally, I mean, or not normally, but most of most of the people who listen to us are Mm -hmm. busy parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them are, you know, successful entrepreneurs or or high level employees and 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 things like that. But most of them are Mm -hmm. also very busy working parents. Yep. What are What are your kind of like top few recommendations? Or before we get to recommendations, actually, what are your top challenges that you normally see with uh, busy parents? What do you think yeah. they get stuck with the most?
2: Yeah, so I, I am also a, a busy working parent. And so this one really you know, hits home for me as well, too. What I, and a lot of, you know, the vast majority of my clients are working parents also, regardless of whether they're entrepreneurs or doctors or lawyers or whatever it is. Um, I think that a couple of things that I see with parents, one, they feel guilty no matter where they are right? They're at work. They feel guilty because they're like, you know, making some doctor's call for their kid. They're at home. They're not able to be present because they're thinking about all the work that they're trying to do. So that is, you know, a huge issue. Exercise is another issue. I think a lot of people had a workout regimen before they had kids. And once they had kids, it just went out the window and they- I think
0: a lot of us had plans before we had kids and then suddenly, boom,
2: (laughs) gone. No, exactly. Um, And then, you know, so it's kind of that guilt and learning how to separate where we need to separate and, and keep everything out of our head so that we can, you know, leave work at work and and be present at home. Um, I I can talk about, you know, how do we make time for exercising? Because that's a big one. Uh, And I think that the biggest shift for people that I see in exercise has to be that going to the gym is not the way it's going to happen anymore, right? (laughs) Like the gym is like a two hour thing out of your day, right? You got to drive there, you got to, shower you know, you're working out it's, it's away from your home like these things are not going to work and so what i often tell parents is like start with at home right like what kind of resistance exercises can you do there's so many free apps there's youtube video you can do like bar classes on a youtube video yeah. you can do um you know you can have an exercise bike and just do that while your kids are around you you can what i do is i, I just run and i run outside my house and if i'm home alone with my kids they're coming on a run with me. Um, like yesterday, my, my eight-year-old went on a three-mile run with me because that's where we were. And no, nope, did we stop a few extra times because you know he got a little tired? Yes, we did. So it's not going to be perfect. But you know, when he's stopping, I can literally run circles around him and so I can keep going. Uh, so I think you have to shift from, I'm going to go to a workout at the gym to, I'm going to find things I can do in and around my house
0: yeah I think it's also part of that all or nothing mentality that a lot of the times that chronic perfectionism also keeps us from being productive because we think right. that unless we can do things at a hundred percent and 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 it doesn't necessarily mean a hundred percent of how they should be done but a hundred percent of how we think right. they have to be done and and so you know that's the perfect example like oh well, I can't go to the gym and because I don't have an hour and a half to do that, so well that that means my workout's out the window because there's nothing else. Right, like.
2: right exactly. And I always think like classic example is the New York Times seven minute workout, right? There is not a single day where I can't make seven minutes to do that, right? Is it gonna be a full workout? No, but it's a little something, right? Yeah. And we can all do that. Or we can do stairs in between, you know, going to between different buildings that we work for. Like there's so many ways to get exercise in. Um, yeah, so I think that's yes, working parents are dealing with a lot. Uh, and then getting healthy meals on the table is the other thing I see working parents struggling with. Uh, they used to cook. And now, you know, they get home at six o'clock, their baby needs to go to bed at 645. So how do they do that?
0: Um, and so that's something that I help people with as well as well. For instance, do do there, that? what yeah. What would be your recommendations there? How do, yeah. how do you help them actually find the time to still, you know, take care of their family by by mm-hmm. putting healthy meals on the table? Because that takes time.
2: Yeah, so a lot of it is shifting the time of when you think about these things. So same way that like with exercise, it's not about going to the gym anymore. When you have kids, it's not about getting home thinking, what should I make for dinner? Maybe going to the store and picking up some ingredients and then spending an hour cooking it, right? Like that's not reasonable for most parents on a weekday. And so it's really about meal planning. So spending 15 minutes on a Sunday afternoon, figuring out what you're going to make every day and getting, making sure you have the ingredients ready. Um, you can do things like uh, batch processing all of your vegetables. So you get home from the grocery store, you wash and you cut everything, and you put it away so that it's ready when you need it and you don't have to spend that additional time. Uh, something that I used to do when my kids were little, you know, and I had that exact situation where I got home with them at 6.15, and my younger one was like ready for bed at 7 o'clock. Like that is when he wanted to go to bed. So it had a very short window to get dinner on the table. And what I would do is every night after the kids went to bed, I would prepare every, like all the mise en place for like, so if I was making a stir fry or whatever, I would chop up the vegetables. I would cut up the chicken. I would like put the dry rice in the rice cooker with the water sitting next to it. So that when I got home from work, it was literally, you know, 20 minutes till dinner on the table because I'm just tossing things into the wok, right? Uh, and so you can kind of time shift when you do things, if you put a little planning and effort in, in the, in the sort of front end of things, the execution is much easier and it's much less stressful because you never have that moment where you open the refrigerator door thinking, what are we going to have tonight?
0: Exactly. I think, and you just, you just hit like right on the head because I think it's not the execution that, that overwhelms us because when mm-hmm. we know we have to do something, we, we do it. Yeah. I think it is the planning or the overwhelm, the, mm-hmm. the figuring out and the thinking and deciding that, right. that really takes a toll on us. Because if you've, if you've already decided on Sunday what you're going to eat on Thursday, mm-hmm. then you're done. And right. when Thursday comes, you just open the fridge and do what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And also, you're I mean, you're so right. It's like about decision fatigue and willpower and all of that. If you have pre decided um, that you're eating, you know, chicken and you know, broccoli on Thursday or whatever it is. Right. And you have put on your to do list that you're going to take the chicken out of the freezer on Tuesday so that it's going to be thawed by Thursday. And then you get home, you're not actually tempted to order takeout or a pizza or something like that because you have a plan and you already thought about it in advance. And so you're kind of taking that you're, you're sort of saving for your future self.
0: So your future self doesn't have to make a hard decision. Exactly. Because that's, that is exactly what happens when we go through our entire day and we have decision fatigue and we Mm -hmm. get home and we're hungry. So what's the yeah. first thing that happens? Okay, screw it. I'm just going to have a pizza. And and you no longer have that willpower that you mm-hmm. had in the morning to say, "Well, that doesn't necessarily agree with me uh or with my diet or with the goals right. that I have for myself and for my family." So because a lot of the times it takes the exact same amount of effort. Let's let's assume that you're not just going to call Domino's, but that you're actually right. do a pizza at home. It takes the same amount of effort to mm-hmm. to cook a pizza than it is to cook something healthier, right? Right. So So I think that's, that's what's, what's very important in terms of, uh, of, of, of planning. So I take it you're a big planner. I'm, I planning is like my favorite thing. (laughs) So I know, you know, it's funny. I have a lot
2: of clients who, when they start working with me, they say, well, like, I hate planning, planning makes me want to throw up. Like it's so overwhelming. And for me, you know, and where I get people to is the opposite. You know, I have a client right now who told me that just a few weeks ago that planning makes her want to throw up. And. In our most recent session, she was telling me how she was so excited about doing end-of-day planning for tomorrow and that she feels so much better. And I think, you know, once people sort of embrace that planning, every minute of planning is going to save you like 10 minutes in execution, right? Then you start to see the, the- At least, right? Then you see the value of that, like knowing that you can, I mean, and I'm probably a more extreme planner than other people, right? Like just going back to meal plans. I'm typically planned out two to three weeks in advance because I know, you know, what's in my, and, and I got real sick of my kids and my husband asking me what's for dinner. So I just made a Google calendar that just has what we're having for dinner on it and they're all subscribed to it. So I never have to answer the question anymore about
0: what's for dinner. And and what happens once they start deciding that they don't like what's, what's on on the schedule for Thursday and they don't show up? Well, I I
2: mean, my kids are eight and 10, so they show hey, up. Oh, well, but, a good um, choice. but the, I mean, for them, actually, our rule has always been, you know, I only make one meal and I base it around what are things that I like. Of course, I try to make sure that there's something everyone likes on the table. But, you know, if they don't like what's for dinner, they are perfectly welcome to make themselves something else. And so there you sometimes go. my 10 year old makes himself some scrambled eggs for dinner because he does not like what I've put on the table. And that is fine because I am not the one making an extra meal. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, good for you. Now, you mentioned something about well, not something. You mentioned a lot about planning, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's incredibly important. It's something that I've personally been doing for 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 a few years, and I keep a, a couple of different journals, and uh, you know, for for business and personal. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's really really important to have your goals down, uh, and and then make a plan to achieve them. Because mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of the year, everyone says, "Oh, well, this year I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this," but it, it, we're just we're just thinking about goals, right? So we say, sure. okay, I'm going to lose X amount of, of pounds. I'm going to make this amount of money. I'm going to do these things. But then we don't stop and think, how am I going to get there? You know, uh, what are, what are the next steps that I need to take? So obviously when, when you look at that, my mentor, Darren Hardy calls it the big hearing audacious goal, right? Yeah. Be so hags. When you look at that, it, it's super far away and, mm-hmm. and, and it is overwhelming. So let's say you want to lose your, your, a 300 pounds and you want to lose 150 of those pounds Mm -hmm. and that does look very very far so the next time you sit in front of a pizza opportunity you're probably going to say well that's still super super far so what difference is one Mm -hmm. pizza going to make instead of really breaking it down how do you recommend people start approaching these kind of like big goals
2: yeah i think so there's i think a a few things i think a shorter horizon is better Right. So, you know, for instance, I don't for my business, I don't do annual planning anymore. I do quarterly planning because it's uh, it is like picking a couple of things to focus on over the next couple of months. I have found to be way more effective than picking some big, long goal to try to do, especially because things pivot. Right. And this is in your personal life and in your business life as well. You know, you may have set a goal on January 1st that makes sense. But by March, you know, the market has shifted or like something in your life has changed and it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, But even if you do do annual planning, I think you're very right about you need to break it down into steps, right? So you need to have milestones. So if your goal is losing 100 pounds by the end of the year, then you need to say, okay, well, what does that break down to on a monthly basis? What does that break down to on a weekly basis? And then it's, it's not only that, but then it's the how, right? And I think the how is not so much about the end goal as about the behaviors that we're changing in the moment, right? So if your goal is lose 100 pounds, then your behaviors need to be about eating healthier and moving more, right? And so that means that maybe you say, okay, well, I'm going to commit to you know exercising at least five times a week or something like that. Or I'm going to come in, I'm going to, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're cutting sugar out of your diet or whatever dietary changes you're making. And you're choosing what are my rules gonna be around that? So maybe you say, well, I'm not gonna completely deprive myself. I'm going to, you know, eat healthily six days a week and have one day where I'm gonna have a little sugar or something like that. Or maybe you say, I'm gonna eat healthy all of the time, except for if I go out for dinner with my friends or, you know, having some rules that make that decision fatigue a lot easier, right? Because I think that's also the problem is when you are trying to lose weight and a pizza shows up, if you don't have your rule for yourself about, well, I only eat pizza if it's somebody's birthday at work, or I only, you know, whatever it is, like, those rules can be different for any person. But I think that's, you know, I think that's what helps. Like, so for me, you know, one of my rules is, I don't drink alcohol at like during the week at home, right? So it's like, if I have dinner out with a friend, I may have a glass of wine, but I don't have a glass of wine at home during the week. Like that. So, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, so it's very easy, right? I never, it's not a thing where I ever come home and I think, should I have a glass of wine or should I not have a glass of wine? If it's Monday and I'm at home, I'm not having a glass of wine. I don't ever have to think about that. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Um, the, the, the boundaries are very clear. And I think it was Jocko Willink um, who said that discipline gives you freedom. Because oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're very, very clear, and it sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it, and you go like, what, what are you talking about? But yeah. if you're very clear about what your goal, what your boundaries are, like you very mm-hmm. well said, you know what, if I'm at home and it's Monday through Friday, I don't drink. Simple as that. So, so it gives you freedom because you mm-hmm. know that that's not even on the menu. So, you know, then you can decide you can drink anything else except alcohol, because that's not in the menu and you don't have to be constantly thinking and talking yourself into, well, but maybe if I just have one and then on Saturday, I won't have any and all those things that, that we say to ourselves and we say like, Mm -hmm. well, I'll just, I'll just work it out tomorrow. Like, no, because the boundary is very clear. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I actually always say to my clients, planning sets you free. Because I, th- I think it's the same, the same thing that we're talking about for, you know, rules around our health and things like that. It's the same thing. If you're, if you spend 10 minutes at the end of today, planning out what you're going to accomplish tomorrow, and actually when you're going to do those things, you show up the next day and you don't have to worry about what am I supposed to do? Should I work on this thing? Should I work on this thing? You just start executing and you get exactly. it done. And it's so much like you, people think like, well, you know, it must take a lot of willpower to do that. No does not take a lot of willpower to work through a list of things you've already decided to do it's the deciding that takes the willpower
0: exactly yeah it, it, once once it's there it mm-hmm. takes no willpower whatsoever it's like okay so this is this is what's next and 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 that's yeah. that it's like you know when you think about steve jobs It took no willpower on his part to dress the same for, you know, 15 years or however long he always dressed that way. And I think that's a little bit, you know, intense, but then you look Mm -hmm. at other people like Mark Zuckerberg and he does the same thing. And, and, and it's just about, you know, if, if it works for this one person and throughout history, you see a lot of people who have developed these different mechanisms to save themselves from, well, themselves. Mm-hmm. right? And, and these routines and these rituals and, and all these different things. Why do you think this is, this is so important?
2: Well, I think it's like, as we, you know, as we know, right, from science, right, that the more decisions we make during a day, the less willpower we have, right? And you see this too with, you know, you see all these studies of, you know, judges making decisions like before lunch and after lunch and like how, how these things have a real impact. And so I feel like, you know, for working parents, for people who have really big jobs, as our lives get more complex and we have more and more little, we have more and more decisions to make and more and more things to do, it actually becomes really important to decide which things are we going to sort of batch process in advance or which decisions are we going to feel comfortable making in advance. So, like me, I'm probably not going to go as far as wearing the exact same thing all the time, right? Like it's, but I, I see the value in that. And I also have like a quote uniform where it's like when I go do a workshop at a company, I always wear a certain pair of black pants and I have like three or four shirts that I switch between, right? So it's not exactly the same thing, but I'm not, I don't have a full range of a wardrobe, right? And I think, you know, for parents, there's so many things that you can batch process to help yourselves to um, to make, you know, to, to just make your life easier, right? One thing that I always did when my kids were little was, when, uh, you know, those hanging shoe caddy things. So I would make what I called clothes rolls. So when I was putting away the laundry, instead of putting things away by category in a drawer, I would put pants, a shirt, underwear and socks and roll it up and shove it into a shoe caddy thing. So that 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 each of my kids had 10 outfits, And it took took me the exact same effort putting things away, but then I never once had to help them figure out what to wear in the morning. They just pulled out a roll and put on the clothes. or, know, even, like or
0: even help yourself because if you know if they're younger and you you still dress them, you don't have to figure right. out okay. So where's where's the shirt and where's the this? And right, the, and you just grab one those little, little
2: right. Where are the missing socks? Out. Like no yeah. socks are together. I mean, or things like you know, I I was one of those crazy parents who like made all my own baby food because I didn't want to feed them <laughs> the jarred baby food. Yeah, but I would just one afternoon a month, I would just puree a whole bunch of different things, put them in ice cube trays. And then every morning before I sent my kids to daycare, I would like pop out a little veggie cube and a little fruit cube and a little like grain cube and, and send that with them. So it wasn't did make a lot of effort, but it made me feel good about the food that they were getting into their body.
0: And, and that's the key right there. It didn't require any extra effort. It just required you to grab all those same things that you do, you sprinkle throughout the day all the week and just mm-hmm. do them together at one point. Right. So right. that so that they're done by when you need them instead of running around and, and and switching from one task to another, because I think that's what happens to a lot of parents. And, and yeah. it happens to almost everyone when they get to work, like we were right. saying at the very beginning. And, and mm-hmm. you start answering emails and you start basically just putting out fires mm-hmm. and, and, and you never get to the to the important things. It is because you didn't set a time for the putting out the fires or for doing these tasks that you know you're going to have to do because you will have to feed your kids. That's, I mean, right. that's, that's a rule you have. Right. To. So yeah.
2: And yeah. And part of it's about, I mean, to be honest, part of it is a little bit of getting, giving up the spontaneity, right? It's like, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer in a position where, you know, I get to say, what do I feel like having for dinner? Right. <laughs> because it's more important to me to have a healthy dinner on the table than to have sort of that
0: she that was it, right? actually going to be my next question. <laughs> How do you respond? Because I'm sure that a lot of your clients, I know that my wife would mm-hmm. feel this way if I told her, because I've I've done crazy things like this. Like for instance, we plan our dates and we have a list of things that, that, that where we want to go for a date right. so that yep. when the time comes, we don't have to sit there and figure out, okay, so exactly. where should we go? I just pull out the list. And she thinks right. it's the least romantic thing I've ever done, which I tend to disagree. I've probably done less romantic things, but um, that's not the point of what I wanted to say. What I'm trying to say is the spontaneity. It, it, uh-huh. I'm sure that a lot of people are not very comfortable with giving that up because they have this, once again, romanticized idea of, okay, mm-hmm. well, just when, when it strikes and and what I decide to do and, and what I feel like it, how do I know what I'm going to feel like on Thursday? So mm-hmm. what is, what is kind of like your, your, your response to that?
2: My, I think my response to it a little bit is like, suck it up, you know, <laughs> like I know that's a a price to pay. I mean, we're paying a price, right? It's like, you you know, nothing is a perfect solution for anything. Right. Um, You know, and it's funny. So my, you know, I will say the specific thing about like, what are we going to eat on each, you know, what are, you know, what if I don't feel like that or whatever, I think, you know, my family's gotten pretty used to it. And also like, they're not cooking. So they kind of don't get to decide, but also, you know, my husband does intermittent fasting. And so sometimes he will look, because I have the menu up, he will look and he'll be like, Okay, the least interesting meal to me is Wednesday's meal, so, so I'm going to do my intermittent fasting on that day, right? So, like, there, I think there are ways that, or you know, my kids, they say, well, I did not want to eat, you know, whatever this is today, and so they might make themselves some scrambled eggs, and then we eat that for lunch. And,
0: and I totally agree with you. I think I think that that that's a very fair price to pay when you realize the peace of mind and the productivity that that you reap on the other side of it.
2: Yeah. And the other thing too, is like with your, with your date night, right? So I'll tell you what, one, just don't tell your wife about the list, make her think (laughs) it's spontaneous. Right. But two, like, I think that you can kind of mix routine and spontaneity. So like, for instance, my husband and I have a date night every Friday night and we just have a standing babysitter every Friday night. And we often have no idea what we're going to like often. I'm just like, I'll meet you at your office at five 30. We'll figure out what to do from there. And like, maybe we go grab a drink. Maybe we go to a movie. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing. Yeah. And so there's some spontaneity left within the routine. It's like, we know we're having the date every Friday, but we don't have to like plan everything out.
0: Well, and, and and that is a good, exactly. That's a good point because the whole purpose of, for instance, the whole purpose of a date in those cases is to be together. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without the kids and, and just be able to talk. So the, the, the mere fact that you're actually planning for that, you plan to have that time for yourselves. So it's not like you're right. trying to figure it out on Thursday. Should we call the babysitter tomorrow or not? Right. No. It's, right. Right. It's decided.
2: And like that, just to just to another plug for planning. Right. I don't ever have to call the babysitter like she's always coming on Friday. Right. And so that's not a thing that I ever worry about calling the babysitter. Right. She knows what time to show up. We don't even like mess with the, you know, it's like we don't mess with the times. It's just, it's
0: always on the calendar. That's, that's amazing. Now, of all the people that you've worked with, mm-hmm. what do you think, what, in your opinion, what would be the, the, the most eye opening? changes or the most eye-opening situations that they experience after, after doing a little bit of planning in their, in their everyday, in their day-to-day lives? Not, not necessarily. Obviously, I know that you work with a lot of like executives and people like that who make a, see a huge difference, I'm sure, in, in their productivity of work. But for the day-to-day life of, of all of them, what mm-hmm. kind of changes do they suddenly start seeing that they go like, wow, I, I, I can't believe I can fit so much into my day?
2: I think, I mean, the thing that I hear most often from my clients once we're kind of done working together or within the process is that they feel in control. And so I think like that is the key. It's that, you know, I always say, and this may be morbid, but I don't think so, is I would say like, we're going to die with a big, long list of things we didn't get done. And that is totally okay right like our to do list is never going to be done nobody should come and work with me thinking that i'm going to make sure that their to do list gets done every day because like that's not real life and it would be super boring if we lived in a world where every where we were never striving for anything right um but it becomes really important to know what's on the list and to be making the decisions about what to do to be using our time more intentionally and so i would say that like my clients will say yeah, I don't actually have. I don't necessarily have much less to do. I'm just deciding to do the right things that I want to be doing. And so they're able to make time for family, make time for exercise, get the important things done at work, um, and let the other stuff go. Right? Learn how to say no to the things that we think of as obligations, perhaps, but yet aren't really serving
0: us. Exactly, because I think that most of the time, for 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 most people, when do you start your day? without a real plan and you end up doing everybody else's you know needs and and things Mm -hmm. and responding to their needs you feel like okay i haven't stopped for a minute yet i didn't accomplish anything and it's not that you didn't accomplish anything because you did do a lot of things it's just that you didn't do any of the things that are important to you Mm -hmm. so so i think that what you just said about being in control is so important because a lot of the times we're not in control we might be in charge. But we're mm-hmm. not in control. And, right. and and that is a big difference and a big distinction because I think that we need to strive, everyone needs to strive to be in control of, of, of what they can control. And, and and so, you know, to decide how you're going to do things, when you're going to do things, how you're going to spend your time, mm-hmm. what are the things that are important to you and how you can dedicate your time to doing those things. Uh, even if you're a busy parent, even right. if, you're, you know, all of these yeah. different things.
2: And sometimes, and you're right, like sometimes that means if you're a busy parent that you took the day off and you spent it with your sick kid. Right. And sometimes it means that you got a whole bunch of stuff at work done every day. Like it's not about, you know, having everything equal all the time, I think. Uh, But I think that's, you know, what you've made is a really important point. It's like, if you can go to bed every night, knowing that you've spent your time in a way that is consistent with your own goals and values then you're going to just like, then every day you're going to feel better, right? Regardless of whether you meet your 150 pound weight loss goal at the end of the year, if you know that you've put in the work every day to do the thing that was important to you, then it's much easier to let the other stuff that wasn't important to you go without that perfectionism.
0: Of course, of course. All right. So let's, let's get a little bit practical here. Sure. When you start working with someone, what are, what are your first couple of I don't know, tasks or, or how, do, how do you yeah. start working with somebody? Let's say that I, I, I get in touch with you and we start working together and I said, listen, I have all these things to do and, and I'm always being pulled in different directions and I feel like I'm not really making any progress in my important tasks, which I'm sure mm-hmm. that most parents and working parents especially will will have you a know, challenge with. And I'm just kind of taking advantage of this. It's kind of like free consulting. So right. <laughs> what, what would be your first couple of steps?
2: Yeah. So the first thing that I do with any client is um, in our in the first session I call it know yourself better exactly as you are. And so what we do is talk about a bunch of different traits that I found uh, really relate to somebody's productivity um, and and time management. Not that and not that having one side of a trait is better than the other, but just who are you? So that we can try to pick the right strategies that work well for who you are instead of trying to you know. Put you into some box like I think a lot of times you know there's a lot of books on productivity there's a lot of apps about productivity just because you've read a book doesn't mean that you're going to be able to implement yep. that because it's often like I always think about for me that you know it's like the five out the 5 a.m miracle hour or whatever no like waking <laughs> up has been the hardest part of my day since I was five years old I'm sure that works great for morning people but it's not for me right and so I'm just gonna feel bad if I try to do that and like all the time right so thinking about who they are and then the first piece of homework that i have them do is to tra- to track all of their time for a week. so from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed to track what they're doing. Uh, and that is i think really illuminating for people because i think most of us have we have kind of an idea of where our time is going. it's usually not, you know, 100% matched with reality and i think people get a lot of insights about that whether it's from Um, you know, I had one client who was an executive at, um, you know, one of the big tech giants who will not be named. And he thought that he was spending, like, about an hour kind of wasting time on YouTube and Reddit and things like that. He found out he was spending on average about four hours a day doing that, right? And he didn't know, right? And it's like, if it's data, you know, coming back to like Peter Drucker, and what gets measured gets managed, right? It's like, We have this aspirational sense for ourselves, so we kind of know things that we're doing, but we're not sure. Or, you know, I had another client who she wasn't spending any time messing around or goofing off or doing anything like that, but she was driving her husband around like three hours a day. And so like the solution was like, let's get your husband a bus pass, right? So yeah, because like you're taking care of a kid and you're, so there's all these interesting things that we find just from tracking our time. And then when I and then you know after we do that we move into much more you know, other practical things like let's build a task system that works for you so that you don't have to rely on your memory right and build one that's going to work into your worldview um you know that's going to be with you all the time. Et that's
0: actually and, and sorry to interrupt you but I yeah. th- I think that's actually very very interesting and very important for mm-hmm. most moms and I know that for instance for my wife it is. Mm-hmm. And and again another anti romantic thing or that 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 sure. just we just use an app a to doist app mm-hmm. where you know we have a grocery list and we have yeah. all the different things because if not we realize that that we end up going to the you know we go grocery shopping and we don't buy half the things we need to buy or, right. or you know why is it so important to not be relying on our memory.
2: Oh my gosh, my favorite question. So like I tell people all the time, like we're not going to rely on our memory because the reality is we have 200 times more data coming at us today than people had 30 years ago, right? That is a lot of data. And the reality is that our brains can't, you know, like, if we are trying to remember all of the things, then we actually cannot focus on what we're doing. So like, for an example, right, say your wife texts you in the middle of the day, and is like, hey, can you pick up milk on the way home? Right? And you're thinking like, no big deal. Sure, I'll do that. And then like an hour from then you're writing an email and that thought pops into your brain. It's like, remember the milk. And you've kind of distracted yourself and now it's taking a few minutes to get back. And then like two hours later, you're talking to one of your employees and you're telling them something. And then it's like, remember the milk. And you get stuck in the middle of your sentence and you have to repeat. And then on your way home, maybe you remember the milk and maybe you don't remember the milk, right? Like trying to remember these things in our brain, not only does it pull from our focus all the time, makes it really hard to prioritize, right? when you've got all this stuff around there, but also it's like this anxiety producing thing that doesn't actually help because you you maybe remember and you maybe don't.
0: that that exactly that exact same thing happened to me on Saturday night. So today's Monday. It happened on Saturday yeah. night, and uh, we we ran out of something. I don't remember what it was. And I was running down to the store, and I I, I I told her, I said, listen, I'm going down to the store. You need something. And she said, sure, make sure to pick up tissues. So I said, okay, great. I went down. I bought the things that I wanted to buy. I got something else. I came back, and she said, where's the tissues? And I said, oh, I completely forgot.
2: Right, right, I, exactly, right? And it's like that kind of thing happens all the time. And so I think it's it is not a – like, I think we shouldn't feel like having a good memory is like this badge of honor, right? I have a terrible memory. I totally will accept that. Maybe that's why I got good at all this stuff. Who knows, right? But I think that having everything out of your brain and in one place where you can access it allows you to be able to actually prioritize, right? Because if you've got to-dos in your email, to-dos in your head, to-dos in a post-it notes all around your office, like some paper to-do list that you like have crumpled up and thrown on the floor because you're, you know, annoyed with it. Like if you've got these things in all these different places, it's really, really hard to prioritize because you can see the forest, but not the trees. And so it's much easier to fall prey to the, you know, shiny object syndrome or the the perceived urgence of things when you can't readily compare, is this thing coming in now actually more important or less important than these other five things, I
0: tonight. Exactly. Well, so I mean, so far great great uh, recommendations. I mean, the first one to obviously make sure that you track your time for a few days. Uh mm-hmm. you asked for a week, right?
2: I say a week, yeah, because I feel like um that gives us a pretty good average. I'd go longer if you can, you know, like if somebody can get two weeks of data in there. Uh it's a little bit onerous to track, yeah. so you know, I I'm expecting a week, but uh Um, but I think it's really helpful. Like I personally track my time for about a month every year just to kind of recalibrate. Like, am I spending more time on my business than I feel like I should? Am I spending enough time with my kids, et cetera? So that's a really good thing to do. Having a task app. So I know you mentioned Todoist. I really like an app called Tick Tick. T-I-C-K, T-I-C-K. Okay. Um, so, you know, I haven't used that
0: one. I've used Todoist. I've used, remember the milk back in the day and mm -hmm. we use Asana at work. I mm-hmm. mean, there's all sorts of.
2: Yeah, yeah there, I mean, there's all sorts of them, right? But like, I think TickTick is one that I really like because it has a very, it has all the features you want, none of the bloaty features. It's free, and it has like a very low barrier of entry. Like, oh, it's there, very yeah. easy to use. For people.
0: And, and, and that's another very important thing to consider because if you're going to be asking somebody to adopt a, a whole new behavior and mm-hmm. have to learn a new platform or a new system of doing things, it, I mean, it's the likelihood of that sticking is 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 much lower. So I think that's also right. Something very, very important. So we have two points so far. Is there any third recommendation that you that you see most parents struggle with regularly?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that if you so coming back to the guilt, right? Like I think a lot of working parents feel guilty no matter which situation they are, or not present no matter which situation they are. And I think doing what we call a brain dump where you literally get all of the stuff that's circling around in your mind out and either into your to-do app or into your bullet journal or however it is can be really valuable both in the long-term in terms of like creating a, a task system, but also just anytime you feel overwhelmed. Because I think that happens a lot to working parents. It's like, we feel really overwhelmed about the things that we need to do and it's just, they're swirling around. So taking five minutes at the end of your workday and doing a brain dump and getting all those work thoughts out so that you sort of have, and also doing a little bit of planning so that you know what to do tomorrow can really help working parents to be present at home because you've kind of wrapped up work with a bow. You know that nothing you need to do requires your attention until tomorrow morning. And then your mind is able to let go of that a little bit.
0: Yeah, and i'd like to add to also celebrate the small victories right so so if if you've allocated x amount of time for work and and, and you did something there then then it's, it's okay to feel good about that. I, I see that a lot, again, and, you know, with the example, because she's the closest one that I have, obviously. Uh, I see this a lot with my wife. And and she has, she's a stay-at-home mom and she takes care of her two-year-old um, and he goes to daycare a couple of hours. But then she also has her own project with, with a blog and she does video blogging and a bunch of other different things. And and there's a lot of times where she feels guilty because she feels like she didn't do enough things Mm -hmm. instead of saying, listen, some days you won't be able to do things. And some days you will be able to do a little bit. And some days, you know, feel good about the things that you actually did achieve instead of focusing and obsessing about the things that you thought you were going to be able to do and you couldn't do for X or Y. This is a
2: really good point to bring up, I think, actually, because I think, you know, a lot of times we think if we have a to-do list, that's the same thing as having a to-do system, right? Yeah. And I actually think those two things are different because what you've described right there is the situation where we have a list and we have all these things that we want to do, right? But what people aren't doing all the time, right, is that they're not saying, what time do I have available today and what things am I going to do today? Like, I'm only going to give myself the things to do on any particular day that I actually have time to do. And I'm not going to look at the rest of the list Um, because I think, you know, this happens all the time. It's like, you know, I'll have a client and they're like, well, I have back to back meetings all day Wednesday." And I'm trying to get X, Y, and Z done. And I'm like, no, if you have back-to-back clients all day on Wednesday, realistically, the only thing you're going to be able to do is check your email. So don't assign yourself anything else because one, you're not going to be able to do it and you're just going to feel bad about it. And so like, don't even bother, right? Like put that stuff on Thursday when you have a three-hour block of time with no meetings.
0: Exactly, because if not, you're, you're you're feeling guilty about not doing this. And, and that reminds me, I think it was uh, Warren Buffet who used to say that uh, when, when you get to work and you sit down and you write a list of the things you need to do and you write everything down and then you have a second list where you put your three most important, uh, out mm-hmm. of that list, you put your the three most important tasks on that other new list. And then you mm-hmm. grab the old list and you throw it in the garbage and that's right. it. You forget about it. And you you focus on the three most right. important tasks. And if if you get done with all of them, then Go you back. do it again and, mm-hmm. and, and you can review it. And And I think a lot of the times we are overwhelmed because we, we feel like it's this rolling list of things that, that we mm-hmm. want to do, but we never stop and think, is this really going to serve me? Is this really important? Should I really allocate premium time? So for instance, for me, certain days are, are, are more important. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I do podcast interviews right now and, right. and that's all I'm doing. So I know mm-hmm. that if somebody wants an interview on, on, on Tuesday, I can't do it because I'm right. doing other things. And if, if I need to switch, it's, it's just not good for me. It's not good for them. So we just postpone it. And, and, and a lot of the times we don't have, we don't stop and, and think of that, you know, that whole system and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much yeah. for that up.
2: Yeah, no, totally. And I think you're right. Like we don't we also say yes to things because we feel a sense of obligation, things that we might resent later, things that we might bail on at the last moment. And so, you know, it's it's a really important lesson, right? That it's so much better for everyone, for you and your podcast guests and all these people, it's much better that you set the boundaries up front then sort of say yes to somebody for an interview on a friday and then resent that when for well, especially weeks especially right now
0: out. especially right now for instance that that i'm in europe and most of my guests are still stateside mm-hmm. and I, I'm recording in the afternoon, so some days, because before I changed the schedule, somebody wanted to schedule it at a time that was like 11:30 to midnight for me, and and I did it at some point, and then I realized, you know what, that's that's not really serving me, and I'm yeah. sorry, that does shrink the window of time that we have available, uh, and if it's not possible now, then we'll wait when I'm back stateside, and uh, you know we can we can figure it out, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I think. We need to realize that it's not selfish to put ourselves first and that the importance of planning is, is really paramount because that's the only way that we'll be able to do the things that matter to us. Something you said at the beginning is that, and I totally agree with it, is that we won't be able to do everything and, and, and we can do anything the moment that we realize and accept the fact that we cannot do everything.
2: Right, right. and Or, or not do everything right now, right? Like we well, can Exactly. Do- Things later, we can. You know, I think it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Like just like you said before.
0: Absolutely. So, Alexis, so this this has been a wonderful conversation uh, so far. And uh, before we wrap things up, I do want to acknowledge you for for the work you're doing. I think that that putting the word out there and and sharing with people the importance of planning and the importance of not just being on autopilot, it, it helps us get rid of that overwhelm. And we we're seeing this it may sound trivial at some points. It may sound like, oh, we're just trying to get more things done. But in reality, we're trying to get rid of our overwhelm and we're trying to enjoy our lives more. And I think mm-hmm. that, that doing it this way and utilizing a system and, and with things like what you teach and how you help other people can be very, very beneficial. I know that I have benefited from, from such systems for, for several years. So thank you so much for doing that kind of work.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very it's very gratifying to see people get more enjoyment and less overwhelm in their lives.
0: I'm sure it is. Now, if somebody listening to us right now uh, wanted to get in touch with you, want to learn more about you, where can they go to do that?
2: So uh, my website, alexishasselberger.com. Hopefully you'll put that in the show notes since my name can be hard to spell. <laughs> um, and if anybody is interested, you can sign up for my free newsletter there. I send it out once or twice a month. I try to only send it out when I have something valuable to say. (laughs) Nobody needs more email, right? Um, So there's that there. There's also ways there to get in contact with me or to set up a consultation call
0: perfect, perfect. Well, so everyone listening, you know the drill. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can find the links to everything. We're going to make sure that uh, if Alexis has any social media, we're going to put it there. The uh, the the list to the links to her website, to the newsletter, uh, the complete show notes, you just need to scroll in your podcast app to this episode's description and you'll find it there. If you're watching YouTube, you know where the description is right there. Uh, most of us don't spend four hours like her former client, but uh, we you do spend enough time there to know where the description is. Um, and that's pretty much it for now. Alexis, one final question. Did you have a good time today here on the Highwood Health?
2: Yeah, it's great. I these are my favorite topics to talk about, and the ability to reach more people to share more about how they can, you know, do more and stress less is my goal.
0: That's amazing. That's what I like to hear. For everyone listening, thank you once again for tuning in. You've been listening to Alexis Hasselberger and Dr. E talk about productivity and making sure that you get the important things done first.
1: Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's Dr. E. Show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.